Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. If you're at all plugged into trendy health and wellness culture, you've probably heard of CBD oil, the cannabis extract that doesn't get you high, but has been touted as a potential remedy for everything from anxiety to aches and pains and insomnia. At your local health food store or on the internet, you can find it in the form of drops, capsules, and edible gummies. Some baristas are using it as an ingredient in lattes, and hip bars are mixing it with alcohol to serve up CBD cocktails. There's even CBD toast and CBD facial masks in spas. But there's more to CBD than hipster hype. Pedialex, a drug containing CBD, was recently approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for treatment of seizures related to two rare forms of epilepsy, and a growing number of studies suggest that it may be useful in treating other disorders as well. And remarkably, that's all happening even though CBD remains technically illegal at the federal level, with the exception of the epilepsy medication mentioned above. However, that prohibition, at least for now, is not being aggressively enforced. And at the state level, CBD's legality varies. But underneath all of the hype, what is CBD oil anyway? Cannabidiol, or CBD, is a chemical compound that can be extracted from the cannabis plant. Unlike delta-9-tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC, which is the chemical ingredient that may lead a pot smoker to get the giggles or play interminable air guitar solos, CBD does not get a user stoned. THC and CBD have vastly different effects, according to cannabis researcher Joshua Kaplan, an assistant professor in the Behavioral Neuroscience Program at Western Washington University. Unlike THC, which gets its effect from acting upon certain cannabinoid receptors in the nervous system, CBD has 65 known targets in the brain and body, Kaplan says. For example, CBD activates the same serotonin receptors that are acted upon by selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, which are a frequently prescribed class of antidepressant medications. The CBD does not interact with those receptors in exactly the same way, but the serotonin system does seem key in treating anxiety. CBD's effect on multiple systems in the brain and body make it a potentially useful treatment for a wide range of different conditions, from inflammation and migraines to spasms caused by multiple sclerosis, Kaplan says. But that doesn't necessarily mean that CBD is a panacea. While there have been large, well-designed studies on CBD as a treatment for different types of epilepsy, much of the information about other possible uses comes from anecdotal reports, case reports, case series, and small studies. That's according to Timothy Welty, a professor of pharmacy practice and chairman of the Department of Clinical Sciences at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. While sources like those small reports and studies can provide interesting information, they're also prone to placebo effects, Welty explained via email. He said, They are often not reproducible. The situations that are described are usually not well controlled to demonstrate the effect of CBD and eliminate potential confounding factors. For this reason, they are not considered as strong evidence for the efficiency of a drug. Additionally, the limited scale of that CBD research makes it difficult to detect side effects, drug interactions, and other potential problems because there are too few patients involved, Welty says. But many people out there aren't content to wait for more scientific studies or FDA approval of medications containing CBD. Instead, they're experimenting with CBD on their own to see if it works for whatever ails them. But CBD may not work for everything that people want to use it for. Though some are using it as an insomnia remedy, for example, there is little evidence that CBD helps people whose sleeplessness isn't caused by an impairing symptom such as anxiety or chronic pain, Kaplan says. 
And unscientific self-experimentation is also a concern to researchers such as Kaplan, who explains that different conditions might call for very different dosages of CBD. He said that the dose range can be quite narrow. For example, in a Brazilian study published in 2018 on CBD's effect in relieving anxiety associated with public speaking, researchers gave different doses of CBD to 57 male subjects. They found that a dose of 300 milligrams significantly reduced anxiety for subjects, but those who took 150 milligrams or 600 milligrams showed no significant difference. Furthermore, dosing can be tricky because CBD products of the sort sold in health food stores or online are not regulated by the FDA. A study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association found that nearly 70% of CBD products from those sources either had lower or higher doses than the labels indicated. And for something that's so widely available in stores and on the internet, CBD's legal status is murky. Even though it doesn't get anyone stoned, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, that's the DEA, classifies it as a Schedule I controlled substance, just like cannabis, according to DEA spokesperson Catherine Pfaff. The agency doesn't distinguish between CBD extracted from a high-THC cannabis plant of the sort grown to produce marijuana and CBD that comes from hemp, a form of cannabis that contains only a tiny amount of THC. The CBD that's available in health food stores is of the hemp variety. In April, the DEA's position on CBD, that it should be a Schedule I substance because it is extracted from cannabis, was upheld by a federal appeals court— But the judges also noted that farm legislation passed by Congress in 2014, which allows states to experiment with hemp production, could give CBD marketers a legal out, providing they can verify that CBD was produced from hemp grown in states that have legal hemp programs. And in September, the DEA did announce that exception for Pedialex, the FDA-approved seizure medication containing CBD, which it classified as Schedule 5, the category for medications with a low potential for abuse. Pfaff says that the DEA would do the same thing for other CBD drugs that come up through the FDA pipeline. That didn't change CBD's overall classification, though. Although CBD technically remains a controlled substance, the DEA is not going out of its way to enforce that prohibition, and it's not targeting CBD users. Pfaff explained, quote, we're more focused on major drug traffickers and the opioid crisis. That leaves CBD up to individual states, whose laws vary. According to Justin Streckel, political director and federal lobbyist for the National Organization for the Reformation of Marijuana Laws, CBD is definitely in the clear in the nine states plus the District of Columbia that have legalized cannabis use for adults. And in the 31 states that have legalized medical cannabis, CBD is legal if a person has an authorization form from a physician. Two other states, Indiana and Kansas, have passed laws legalizing CBD from hemp, even though they don't allow medical or recreational use of cannabis. Streckel says that there have been very few instances of consumers actually facing criminal charges for purchasing CBD derived from hemp. And meanwhile, the Brightfield Group, a market research firm, predicts that CBD will be a $22 billion industry by the year 2022. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. HowStuffWorks.com 